Hello and welcome to this episode of the Skiff Meetings Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Lamps and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Skiff Meetings. In this episode titled Proving the Value of Meetings to the Wider Business World, I have the pleasure of speaking with Paul Van Deventer, the CEO of Meeting Professionals International. We covered things like how the industry only started to learn how to tell its story when it came under attack from politicians during the 2008 financial crisis. We talk about how the absence of meetings during the COVID pandemic really proved the importance of meetings. We talk about the value of local chapters, particularly when it comes to MPI and with events like the European Meetings and Events Conference in Brighton coming up in March. We talk about why MPI takes risks at their events so planners don't have to do it on their own. And we talk about keeping an open mind about what MPI is and what it becomes and allowing members to customize their journey with MPI. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the podcast. You can find these on our website or by subscribing through your favorite podcast service. And now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I am delighted to be joined this week on the podcast by Paul Van Deventer, the CEO of MPI. Paul, it's really great to see you and have you on the podcast with us this week. Miguel, always good to see you. Uh, Happy New Year to you and um, hope you and the family are well. Thank you very much. Same with you and your family. Um, Paul, um, I don't think anybody in this industry doesn't know you, but would love to get a, a short introduction about yourself and how you got involved in the meetings and events industry because i know you're well you were an outsider until recently but not that is now i think 10 years um so uh, give us a little bit of a of a of a kind of a, a an intro of who you are and how you got here well um i uh i've been very fortunate in my career to have some um really fulfilling exciting opportunities and Spent a good portion of my life in the corporate world, um, a majority of which was working with American Express for um, well over 20 years. And uh, then I had uh, some stops in the software industry, as well as um, with healthcare, ending up with a startup company that we sold to Walgreens. Um, Every one of those stops, I learn something found interesting and uh, as a lifelong learner really always have been seeking opportunities where i'm going to grow personally and professionally in them and as the opportunity with walgreens was winding down after we finished our integration i received a call from a recruiter about the opportunity to lead mpi and um, i really had no familiarity with um the with MPI, I had done a little bit of um, business within business events during my days. Um, I had 10 plus years in leading corporate travel with an American Express. 
So we had some affiliation with business events, but it was not a primary focus for us at all. So I wasn't that familiar with the industry, um, but I did know a lot of people in it because of the parallel universe I moved in. So I, I called up a number of my former colleagues and friends and asked about MPI, and I kept hearing a consistent refrain around this incredibly strong community, this group of uh, leaders and volunteers and uh, event professionals who were passionate about MPI, but that MPI had seemed to quote unquote lost its way over recent years, um, that it had lost a little bit of its um, direction. And, uh, but consistently I'd hear this was our career home and um, so much of what I owe today to my career I owe to MPI. I saw it as a unique opportunity to to really build off of a, a great brand, something that in my experiences at 3M and then American Express, um, and then in the software space with, with a company called Mitchell, which had a very strong brand and a niche market in the States. And then with Walgreens, I really understood the value of a brand. And um, that's why I took the opportunity to, to join um, or take this leadership role. And then, to be perfectly honest, Miguel, I, I thought it might be a you know short experience for me, learn uh, a little bit about this industry, grow again, and, and it would be my first CEO role. Um, then a funny thing happened uh, along the, the way is I, I fell in love with the industry and I fell in love with the community that uh, comprises MPI. And now, as you, you noted up front, I'll be celebrating my 10th anniversary next month and um, absolutely wake up every day, love what I'm doing. And I, and I love it because of the impact the business events industry has on the world. And, and I love it because of the strength of the MPI community, which was especially on, on display throughout COVID, how they supported each other and um, carried each other through a just terrible period of our industry and, and the world itself. Thank you for, for guiding us through that. Take me back to when you were at American Express. You mentioned you sort of there was some connection to the events industry, but do you remember what your kind of perception of the industry was or what did you think it consisted of? And, and how does that compare to, to what you know now? Yeah, so when I was with American Express, um, uh, we were the we were the largest travel agency in the world and we had two major segments within travel. We had a, a leisure business, and then we had our, our corporate services, which was uh, mostly transient business travel. Um, within that transient business group, we did have a group business and an incentive business. And um, within our overall, um, if you look at American Express as an, as an entire entity, um, the travel portion, while it was the largest travel agency in the world, was a small uh, percent of uh, American Express's overall revenues. And then within uh, the two travel groups, then so and then you split it in half. And then within the corporate travel, um, business events and meetings were a very small percent. So it really it was not an influential or an impactful part of. American Express overall, but where it was impactful is we had certain customers who like to consolidate their business with their um, preferred providers. So we had some big corporate customers that we were doing their corporate 
business card with, their purchasing uh, card with, and their corporate travel, and then say, as long as you're doing all of this, we would like you to also do our events um, and or our uh, and internal incentives. Uh, so there are some some of my big clients that with the teams I led had a business events aspect to it um, and an incentive aspect to it. The, be perfectly honest, it's not something that we were very good at. Um, and so I would often have a hesitancy or my um, my team would have a hesitancy when a client would ask us to do it. And we would tend to recommend they use one of our partners or competitors who are very strong in that particular niche because we didn't want to put the bigger business at risk. Uh, so while I was familiar with it, had clients doing it, my team would lead some uh, efforts around it. It was not what you would call uh, a core business. Um, and it was one and actually in some ways we would prefer to defer than, than to take on and embrace and actually go out and try to win. Fascinating how how that perception hopefully has changed, right? And, and kind of the yeah. everything you see. And and that was you know part of that eye-opening that I had when I got into MPI and joined the directly joined the business events industry was a, oh my, uh, what an amazing industry, what a creative industry, what an impactful industry. And, um, you know, it's not, it's never too late to, to, to learn something. And, and here I learned what I'd been missing all those years when I was trying to defer that business as opposed to embracing it. Absolutely. And so I remember you telling me about your not your first day on the job, but one of your first days on the job was actually at IMEX in Frankfurt, I believe, and kind mm -hmm. of your the size and the scope of the show kind of hitting you a little bit by surprise. Could you kind of take us through that? Yeah, so I, I was uh, uh, fairly new on the job uh, within about a month um, when I joined and everyone talked about this um, major trade show in our industry um called imex uh frankfurt and um that they were imex not only was a great trade show but they're an important partner of mpi so i plan to go over uh with several members of the team um i had some travel uh challenges shall we say uh getting there uh so i ended up uh traveling alone wasn't able to connect with the team on the way over and, and arrived um a day day later than everyone else so i'm on my own i left the hotel so i remember arriving at the messe and as i got closer to the show floor hearing a buzz a loud buzz and an energy coming through the doors of um, the trade show floor and and then i walked into the doors and was overwhelmed with the scope and scale of the show not just the fact it was a big trade show because i had been to many big trade shows but it was the creativity the the representation of the cultures at the different booths and the energy of business getting done on that floor i had never been to a trade show and uh where you had seen so many so much actual business being conducted right there contracts being signed uh, people came with the intent to do business and it was getting done and it just, it blew me away. And then I went through three days there, uh, one day after another, I get more and more immersed into it. And that's really when I began to understand the uniqueness of this industry and the creativity. And then the, it all culminated with, I stayed till the very last minute uh, on the last day and they're closing the floor 
and I start to walk out the doors and there, as you were exiting, were Ray and Karina shaking everyone's hand as they left the show floor and thanking them for being there. And it just, that just really built on the sense of this isn't just an industry, it's a family, it's a community. And they knew everybody by name, everyone knew them, everyone was, you know, hugging and, and saying, see you soon. And um, it really was just a very impactful moment for me. And probably where a month into the job, I began to say, this is something bigger than I ever expected. So tell me a little bit, you've been leading MPI for, it's coming up to 10 years now. That's quite a mark. Uh, I think that's one of the longest CEO roles at MPI. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know the full history there, but um, would love to kind of just get your overview of a, first of all, if you explain what, what MPI is to anybody who's not familiar with, and um, if you could take us through how it's developed since you started. Sure. Uh, um, yeah, 10 years is a, um, it, it's, it's a long run. Um, I've been blessed to have that opportunity and uh, continue to have the, the support of the board and the community to, to um, stay in what is a very unique role. Um, and I'm very conscious of the fact that it, it's an honor to, to serve in this capacity. And uh, one of the things that I regularly try to remind myself and I remind our staff at MPI is that this is this is not our business. This is not our association. Um, we're here in a capacity to support the community whose association it is. And we are fortunate enough to be stewards for a period of time of this powerful community and and help help it move forward. Um, and um, it's been it's been an incredible experience for me to see uh, MPI uh, grow and expand and and what MPI stands for. It, it's so for those who aren't familiar, it's Meeting Professionals International. Uh, we are a professional association, which is different than a trade association. Uh, professional associations represent and support individuals. Trade associations represent um, companies and or industries. So within our, our overall charter, our primary focus is the professional development and growth of individuals who work within the business events industry. The business events industry is, as I've learned, one of the largest industries in the world, but um, really has not done a good job over the past of positioning itself as such or building awareness of it. Um, it's a industry that um, has a global economic impact well north of a trillion dollars annually. Uh, it directly employs 25 million plus people directly. Uh, so these are numbers that are they're bigger than the automotive industry. They're bigger than the electronics industry when you talk about uh, employment, when you talk about economic impact. So a very diverse, vast industry that has major impact on, on innovation, on uh, economic growth, uh, on social impact and change. And MPI... I, I just MPI, wanted to get your yeah. perception there before you, before you go on. I, I've heard this quite a few times on the podcast, and I think it's definitely an issue. But do you have any insight into why you think that is? 
why the industry has not been able to tell the story. And, and what I'm really asking is, do you think it's the fault of the industry? Do you think that there is a challenge there? Or is the industry by its own nature quite a hard one to explain and propel in that way? I, I think it's a combination uh, of what you just asked. Um, starting with, um, in in the past, um, there hasn't been a focal um, or focus around the need to tell the story, and and that didn't come out really until um, maybe 14, 15 years ago when the industry came under attack. Uh, it came under attack from politicians as uh, an industry of, of boondoggles, of um, of parties and um, potentially wasted resources. And there wasn't a recognition for what it truly was accomplishing or, or the importance of the industry. So with that, the industry began to coalesce a little more um, aggressively and proactively around how do we tell the story of the benefits of in-person meetings? How do we tell the story of the economic impact, <clears throat> not just on local economies where these industry uh, events are held, but broader on the economic impact and development of those who attend the meetings and what comes out of them? Uh, and began to realize or to, to articulate how every major change in the world has occurred in a face-to-face -face environment. Um, even the efforts of those politicians 15 years ago to curtail face-to-face -face meetings had to occur in face-to-face -face discussions um, in, in parliamentary buildings around the world as they were trying to cut back on meetings. So part of it was our industry may have never seen the need and hadn't made the effort. And, and part is, People don't were never they were attending meetings. They weren't thinking of it as a business event or a unique industry hosting the event. I, I attended a big trade show, um, which I would then see as I went to something around my industry. I went to a manufacturing trade show or a printing trade show or a food trade show. So I saw that as part of that industry, not that the trade show itself is an industry. Um, I went to an educational conference. I went to a sales conference. I went to a customer event. Um, always thought of those, the individual attending sees those as related to the direct business that they were attending uh, the event for, not as the event itself was an industry. So we, we really had to start to change that dynamic and begin to tell that story better. And there's still a long ways to go, but you look at some of these grassroots efforts like Global Meetings Industry Day coming up in March, that have flourished over the last 10 years and begun to tell the ancillary um, partners, the educators, the politicians, the investors in this industry, the importance of it. And then, and frankly, the, while COVID was a horrible period for the world and um, we went through a lot of tragedy, our industry optically um, had an opportunity out of it, which was the absence of meetings proved unto itself the importance of meetings. Um, the by, by not being able to conduct business in person, by not being able to bring organizations together, by not being able to attend trade shows, um, companies, 
and um, governments realized what they had been missing and the critical nature of getting together in person and and how that has so many benefits. So in some ways coming out of the pandemic, our our, our industry has done, uh, COVID's done for industry, a lot of what we've been trying to do in the prior 10 years, which is to tell the story. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. I wanted to go back to your um, telling the journey of MPI since you've joined, where it was uh, when you joined and where it is now. Okay. Um, so uh, when I when I came on board MPI, um, I, I think I, I mentioned earlier on that I talked to a lot of people about MPI, trying to learn about it. And I was hearing a consistent theme around the strength of the community, the powerful history, but that it had lost its way a little bit. And um, that really, when I came in and really started to, to dig into the business side of it, um, uh, there was there were some challenges. Um, uh, MPI in some ways had, had lost its focus a little bit. There was a um, part of the core value of MPI is its community. And its community was built around a chapter network around the world. And there seemed to be a, a separation between the chapters and each other and the chapters and the global entity. And um, there was also, as a professional development organization, we had lost in some ways our focus around what we were, which was a professional development organization. Um, we seemed to be thinking of ourselves as a meeting planning company or planning organization when in fact we are we are the organization that helps develop the meeting planners, the meeting designers. So we we regrouped around developing a, a very uh, refreshed and tighter mission and vision. Um, we developed a comprehensive but targeted strategic plan uh, to get us back on track. And that was all built around understanding what we were here for. We were here to grow and develop those professionals in our industry and to bring awareness to the value of this industry and to advocate for it while doing that. Um, and to do all that by strengthening the community value of MPI, ensuring that our community is cohesive, that the MPI brand and experience, no matter where you were associated with it, would be consistent and at a high quality level. So if you attended a chapter event in one region of the world or another, you would have an expectation of what you're going to get there. If you came to a, a event hosted by MPI Global, you had the same expectation of quality and delivery. And that quality and delivery was around professional development, educational value and content, networking opportunities and business opportunities all associated with our industry. Absolutely. So it sounds like you're trying to get the best of both worlds, right? The, the large global organization, but also the, the chapter grassroots level and bringing that together yeah, in the best yeah. possible way. 
if I look at some of the great brands in the world, um, what I think they do very well is um, have an understanding of what their core uh, um, promises, and then they ensure wherever they appear, and whether it's a uh, a local um, affiliate of their organization um, um, or um, within a partner that is doing business with that um, organization, that wherever you go, you will know you're associated with that brand and the quality of that brand. But the experience has a localized feel to it too, that you understand that where the brand is coming to life that day, I'm going to get this level of quality, this level of service delivery, but I'm going to understand that I'm in a different region today. I'm in a different country today. I'm uh, in a different environment. Uh, we want to do that with our chapters, um, enable them to be consistently uh, or deliver consistent quality in their execution of interactions with the community, their networking opportunities, their training and their development, but always be able to bring in what is a local um, uh, need or a localized strategy um, and and a local quality. Uh, and that's, I think, also a blessing in this community that I, I can be part of this community and welcomed anywhere in the world. There's a chapter or a event going on and really get the benefit of then immersing into a micro community that's um, wherever that event's being held. Absolutely, and I've I've benefited from that for most of my career. So I've been I've been grateful for that. Let's talk about EMEC, your European Meetings and Events Conference. That's coming up in Brighton at the end of March. It is the first one in three years, right? So the last one was 2020, just before the pandemic hit. We gathered, or I was there as well in Seville. And uh, and then we know what happened next. But the uh, WEC, your 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 global event, has been able to um, happen a number of times already. Um, really, never stopped. But EMEC has not. Um, but you're back now. We are back. We are thrilled. Uh, we are have deferred um, twice now uh, a planned event in Brighton, uh, which. We're so excited to be um, bringing EMEC back to England. And importantly, uh, Brighton is the home of our great strategic partner and friends from IMEX. Uh, so they'll be hosting us there. Uh, it's thrilling. And uh, to your, you know, as, you, as you referenced, we were in Sevilla uh, in February of 2020. Um, a great event, uh, strong um, uh showing from our community and what we didn't realize there was murmurs at that time about some uh, viruses going around the world uh and in retrospect we were sitting in a bit of a hotbed if you if you look back in history of how it broke out in some areas in spain and, and italy and um really began to explode across europe from there so uh, we had a great event probably fortunate in our timing of um not being a month later or so, uh, and and we're able to do that. But then, in that that March timeframe of 2020, the the world literally shut down. Travel shut down. Um, was frozen around the world, and uh, it opened over um, 
you know, the next couple of years and in, in various cycles around the world. And um, we just were not able to uh, conduct an in-person European event um, because of the cross-border nature of that's required for our European conference, different than our our North American conference. Um, there wasn't a way logistically to, to execute it. So unfortunately we had to defer. Um, and we're just thrilled now that we're able to bring this forward. Um, the, uh, the focus is on the future. Um, we wanna put the last few years behind us. We're seeing a, uh, a healthy industry. We're seeing a industry that has come out of the pandemic with a new sense of innovation and creativity. And that's what we want to bring into what we do together in Brighton in March. Uh, talk about the future of our industry. Talk about how to design um, and bring to life events differently in a new environment and how to leverage some of this um, equity we built over the last few years of organizations and governments understanding the value of face-to-face -face and the need and return on investing in face-to-face -face meetings. Great stuff. Looking forward to the event. Is there anything in particular about this event that you see is is, is very different from previous emics? I know we're always talking about future and then kind of how to how to do things differently. Well, I, I, one of the things we began to do a couple of years before the pandemic shut down EMAC is really pulled MPI Global out of the design and execution and um, turned it more over as a localized um, uh, event. And we are really building off of that um, in a significant way when we come to Brighton. And what I mean by that is um, if you, well, we, we, we're in The Hague uh, the year before Sevilla, and that was completely developed and put forth by our Dutch chapter. Um, in Sevilla, um, the majority of the event was designed and executed by a local um, designer, and um, the host committee made up mostly of people from the uh, Iberian chapter put on the event. And we're now taking that even further, where um, our our global team is very hands-off from uh, the design and the theming of um, EMEC um, and letting the execution occur in a localized way so that it is for our European community. This is critical to bring our European community together, especially now after a three-year absence. And we want an event that feels um, that they, um, they, they have a sense of ownership to it um and uh that it really resonates with what's happening within the european community in the marketplace we'll we'll have we'll have a uh maybe 10 15 percent of attendees that come from other regions um but the majority of our attendees are from europe so we want to make sure the event is designed by them and for them and delivered by them uh, and, and then they can really have a sense of pride in that ownership of it. Thank you for, for guiding us through that. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about WEC, your world education Congress that's happening in, uh, Mexico this year in Cancun, Riviera Maya, first time outside of, uh, the U S and Canada, uh, I believe, I think that's, that's a bold move. Why, yep. 
why that move and why Riviera Maya? Well, our um, uh, World Education Congress is historically a, a North American event. Um, and uh, technically, geographically, Mexico is part of North America. Uh, Mexico, um, <clears throat> continental U.S. and Canada make up uh, North America. And we have uh, we've done 40 plus World Education Congresses. About a quarter of those have been north of the border of the U.S. and, and Canada. Um, we also used to do an annual trade show called PEC, and that has been held in Mexico in the past. So while it's the first time we're bringing World Education Congress south of the U.S. border to Mexico, it's not the first time we've done a significant signature event in Mexico. Um, and we we don't necessarily look at it as moving outside of our, our traditional uh, marketplace because Mexico is a core part of that, um, that economic region. Um, what we are focusing on with WEC as we focus on every year is what it is as a Congress. It, it is a professional development Congress that provides opportunities for um, individuals in our industry to get together, to grow, to get educated, to do business together, um, and, and to reconnect. And no matter where that's held, the intent of that Congress is always there. Um, we we hold it in areas where we've got great partners um, that our community uh, is strong. And when you look at the last three or four years, uh, our fastest growing region in the world is Latin America. Um, while unfortunately through COVID, uh, our membership has contracted in many parts of the world, um, our membership has uh, grown double digits every year throughout Latin America. It's the only region where we've added new chapters. Um, so there, if you talk about the core community and the passion for MPI, it is at a very high level right now, not just in Mexico, but throughout um, the, the Latin American region. So it, it's a natural to bring, um, bring our Congress down there. Uh, we've got great partners. Uh, we've got a very strong chapter um, and chapter network uh, throughout the region. Uh, we've got passionate volunteers, and um, and we really see our ability to execute WEC in a way that provides a dynamic, memorable experience where people will learn and connect. Um, it's going to be really well um brought forth really well within uh, the environment that we'll be in, uh, in Tulum. Uh, and uh, just one one note is the, the uh, Riviera Maya term, they're, they're trying to rebrand a bit as Mexican Caribbean. So uh, you'll probably hear that more often than you'll hear Riviera Maya now as we go forward. Okay. And we can expect uh, a WC in the same type of format as we've had before, or is this a different style of event? Well, when you say WC in a type of forum we've seen before, I, I would challenge that in one way in that we're always trying to bring new ideas to bear uh, within the conference. And we try to break the mold a little bit every year in how we design and execute WEC. And while at the end of the day, 
when you're moving two or 3,000 people um, around, um, there's some core things that need to be in place. Uh, the core structure of an event that scale uh, will always remain. But how you design the actual uh, show, how you design the flow, how you deliver the content will vary and change every year. Um, we, One of the things we like to say is we'll, we'll take some risks uh, so that planners may not have to on their own. We'll, we'll try some things that may fail. Uh, we'll do things differently that you may or may not like as a planner as you watch how it's designed and is executed. But hopefully everyone can learn from what we do. And we're doing some very creative things in, in how our sessions work this year and how the breakouts work. And we're also like we do everywhere we go, whether we are in um, uh, Louisville next year, um, uh, whether we're we're in San Francisco the prior year and Canada before that, um, everywhere we go, we try to bring the local culture and, and to really leverage the venue, unique venues and facilities that are available. And we'll be doing the same here in Mexico. And, and part of that culture is just a different pace uh, and that's gonna affect the design of the flow of the day. Um, our, our general sessions are gonna be uh, a little punchier and shorter, uh, but maybe more frequent. Um, the, there'll be some pauses in the afternoon for more individual experiences as opposed to big group events going on. So we're really trying to look at it of how can we leverage this beautiful location with amazing venues and facilities that we'll be at while always delivering on that top line, professional development and growth, networking opportunities, business opportunities. Sounds very appealing. Um, looking forward to participating if I can, that uh, is in the, in the plans, but not necessarily confirmed just yet. Well, I to... hope you're there. You're always a key part of it. I love it. Um, wanted to wrap up by just getting your vision for MPI for the future. Uh, you know, we hear a lot about future generations and the potential that associations may not be as relevant or professional associations or, um, what's your, your view on that and what are you doing or how are you preparing MPI for, for the future? Well, um, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary in 2022 and that's a, it's an important milestone, um, but it's not it's not the end game. Uh, what I what I said throughout COVID and uh, through our celebration last year is that while we've been around for fifty years, we have an obligation to ensure MPI can be here for the next fifty to do what it's done for so many in the past to help help be that career home. Um, for individuals to help be the voice of this industry. And so we're, we are uh, building, we built a new strategy and a mission. Uh, we refine our mission. We built a new strategy to look to the future, to where MPI can continue to be a, a bedrock of this industry and a support for the professionals that bring this industry to life. But one of the big changes we're making is in recognition to your point that people may not look at associations or membership uh, the same way they have in the past. And we're building a focus around not uh, more around the general community as opposed to individual memberships um, and looking at how 
professionals and individuals want to interact within that community and how the community supports each other. Um, membership may become a component of that interaction and may become a component of the experience of being part of the MPI community, but it's no longer going to be the end all and be all of if you're not a member, you're not part of MPI. Uh, there's new generations, new professionals in this industry um, that will look to a group like MPI for those connections. They'll look to us for their professional growth. They'll look to us for um, general resourcing. Um, they may not become a member today or tomorrow. They may not become a member ever. But what we want them to be is active in this community and, and to look to MPI and those colleagues and friends in MPI as their family. And that's how I believe we're gonna be around for another 50 years, that uh, we build off of the strength of this MPI family, the MPI community, and um, and let that community, as I said earlier, um, that this is the community's association. Let that recognition be at the forefront and let them deliver for each other what is fulfilling and ensure that they're getting value by getting together, connecting, and doing business with each other. Sounds like a very open-ended approach and kind of open to different approaches, right, within that. So it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all. That is exactly right. And that's one of the things we're very focused on and cognizant of is um, while MPI is a strong brand unto itself, we we want to make sure we're not a homogenous organization. Uh that we're allowing a platform for everyone to uh, engage on and engage in, and that you can customize your journey with MPI. So we're, we're ensuring we create opportunities for sub-communities to develop within that bigger community. That, you know, if I, if I, want, if I want an experience that is focused around myself as a event designer in a particular field, I want the opportunity to also interact with others who might work in different fields or industries or um, interact with people who may look like me or look different than me um, and uh, may have different um, uh, focuses outside of our industry. So we're, we're looking at how you can create a number of organic communities that um, nurture themselves, curate themselves, and allow you as an individual to pick which one of those communities you want to associate with within this broader MPI umbrella. Um, and um, we're, we're well down that path uh, of working with partners and alliances to get them engaged on our platform. We're well down the path of launching our, uh, our communities and our um, uh, community networks. Uh, we've launched it during COVID, what we haven't done yet is open it up in a uh, very broad way to non-members, uh, which we'll be doing this year so that anyone can interact within these unique MPI communities, whether or not you're a member today. And that's a big step for us. And um, really, I, I think is the backbone of how we're gonna uh, continue to to grow and, and have an influence and impact in this industry going forward. Well, thank you very much for, for taking us through this. I think it's a very interesting plans and we look forward to following that journey and kind of understanding what lies ahead, um, which I'm sure is, is interesting for everybody. 
Paul, thank you so much for, for joining us today and, and being so open about your, your plans around MPI and the events and everything around what you do. Uh, we appreciate that. And I hope everybody listening enjoys um, learning more about MPI and, and Paul's journey as the CEO of MPI. So thank you very much from us to you, Paul. Always enjoy chatting, Miguel. Thank you. Um, and uh, really look forward to seeing you in Brighton and hopefully in, in Tulum as well. And appreciate everything you Skift do for our industry, uh, bringing awareness and advocacy for the industry. And um, uh, it's always great to chat. Thank you for your time. Take care.